right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another week of Scotch Hour. I'm Noah. And I'm Jesse. All right, Jesse, I think we have a great week here. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great week. Uh, we saw Batman a second time. Yeah. I will reiterate, I think that's my favorite Batman movie. It is definitely mine. And this week, uh, your smarter challenge was... Um, the movie, a uh, movie review 300, what it means to be a Spartan man or a woman, if I got that correct. That is absolutely correct. And uh, today is a uh, pie day. So happy pie day. I'm not really a big fan of pie, but I know it's about the mathematical number of pie. So shout out to you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what's that number? Two, seven, five. No, 3.1415. No, I'll let you go. <laughs> And then uh, this does air on St. Patrick's Day, so happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody out there. That's right. Scotch this week has uh, been Renock. Ben Riach. Yeah. Smoky Ten. Smoky Ten. Yeah. All right. And then uh, we have a restaurant review. It's actually a uh, a restaurant we uh, visited previously and did a review on, but we actually did a wine uh, wine pairing dinner there. So that is going to be on the Fogo de Chao. And for those of you who are tuning in, if you do like our our uh, our podcast, um, please like, share, and subscribe. And also, do us a favor, leave some comments below. Scotch review. Here we have the Ben Riach, the Smoky Ten. This is a triple cast matured, first matured in bourbon casks, then jamaican rum cask and finished in toasted virgin oak casks i like the idea that this jamaican rum right not yeah it all sounds pretty good to me so rachel berry is the master blender here with this scotch she did well with the regular tin uh and like this smoky tin has me pretty excited uh eagerly anticipating some great bold flavors to come through with those three cask types yeah, they're saying what it bring. It's supposed to bring out the intense smoked applewood flavor and honey sugar. Dude, maple. if it's if it's smoked bacon in there, they're in trouble. They're gonna run out <laughs> real quick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but with that, yeah, it's supposed to be smoky and sweet, uh, full of great flavor. We're gonna find out. Forty six percent ABV, and uh, yeah, this is gonna be fun. And they're from Speyside again, right? Speyside, yes. All right. So as you're opening that up there, uh, just a quick reminder, the founder is John Duff. Uh, they opened up this uh, this distillery back in 1898. 1898. And it sits on the old Rioch farm <laughs> there in North Space Island. That is exactly right. Where are you from, the old Rioch farm? <laughs> Ding! <laughs> Apparently, they, uh, one of the reasons why they... Uh, just as a reminder, as you're pointing that, uh, one of the reasons why they uh, chose that spot was because of the water, yeah. water there, right? The more we learn about these masters of malt, uh, scotch in particular, we're really learning they place themselves pretty well by water sources. And uh, didn't you say John Duff, like he was a... Uh, uh, he was a master blender for many of the great houses of Scotches. This yeah. is including Glenn Farclass, the McAllen, um, Glenn Morangi, and then that other one, which I can't remember, partially because we had not heard of it before. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is right. There was that one that we never heard about before. 
All right. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, we'll uh, do our warp speed here and uh, we'll come back with our tasting notes. Snip. Snip. So for me on the smoky 10, I was actually expecting a lot more smoke to it, but I didn't get like a ton of smoke. Um, or at least not like, uh, like I think the reason why I'm saying that like, I'm not getting a ton of smoke is that like when we try like smoke head or something like that, it was like overpowering with smoke mm-hmm. and thinking like a smoky 10, I was expecting a little bit more smoke flavor in there, but I am pleasantly surprised it wasn't overdone by smoke. Um, so on this one here, uh, on the nose, I get a light honey sweetness with a smoked applewood. And I really do like the way it smells, especially the uh, sweetness that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the color is a nice light golden color. I do kind of prefer mine to be a little bit more on the copperish side or like a, a brassy side. Favorite Catwoman. <laughs> but it's still a nice color to it. And uh, this next part here, like when, when it comes to the uh, taste, uh, once again, I think I'm getting hit. Like it's almost sweet throughout the whole from mid to uh, from the front to mid to back palate. Mm-hmm. I get a nice sweetness all throughout. And I, so the front is more like a sweet honey. Uh, the mid palate, though, I think it kind of dips off. I almost don't catch much of a mid palate. But right at the beginning or near the tail end, I get some like um, like some pear. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, with the finish, I get a, lot, a light smoky oak finish to it. And uh, really, I think uh, the one thing I really will say about this uh, about this particular scotch is if you like something more on the sweet side, this definitely has a lot more sweetness to it. And I think it has to do with that Jamaican rum. Man, Jamaica got a bobsled team. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me... I'm, I'm going to kick back to my review of the original Ben React 10 and what I have since deemed and called the Honey Rider. So with this, you've got a pretty similar smoky honey flavor with that. So for me, much like yourself, oh, the color is a nice light gold, uh, bright gold, I guess is uh, a great way to describe it. With that, though, Man, on the nose, what I get is a smoked honey glaze, the kind of glaze you have on a meat. Um, It's not, I'm not getting a ton of the applewood, but I'm getting a little bit of the applewood. So it's almost like that honey baked ham glaze smell when you pull that bad boy out of the oven after heating up the honey and it's just spiced, um, oak spiced in this case. But, oh, yeah, it's just that honey glaze. And then on the palate, much like yourself. Mm. A little bit of the smoked applewood. Um, 
the honey maple flavor really comes out to me on the nose that you mentioned sweet. And I think that's some of that fruit, dried fruit scent that's coming out on the palate. I'm getting more of the honey, the maple, uh, a different type of sweet than the original Ben React 10 because it's not just honey, it's spiced. Um, so more of a maple. Um, with the finish, this is a nice medium to long finish. And I think part of this comes in, uh, to your point, with the triple cast. They do that quite frequently. This is 10-year minimum. So you've got that ex-bourbon cask, and then you've got uh, your ex-rum, Jamaican rum barrels, and then you've got your virgin oak casks. Um, something that Ben React did starting in the 1970s is they kind of went back to that old uh, 19th century um, way of they used smoked barley from highland peat and i think that's part of what's really building in this here um the sense of not so much on the nose but just a little bit of that smoked peat through the body absolutely and well into that finish uh for me this is a great scotch it is a little sweet reminds me in ways to the regular ben react 10 because of that honey sweetness i would not call this one a honey rider um but man it is pretty good now to compare it again and then say which one i would go for i do like the smoke i like the smoked barley um, and uh this is this is pretty great this is an a plus to me I agree. I think it's a great, I think it's a great scotch. And I, I think for someone who might, I'm not sure what the price point was on this one. Um, I didn't have it in the notes. I think it was right around, I want to say 69 with tax. So $65 and just slightly more is five or $10 more than the regular Ben React 10. This is something I would probably give to someone who's not typically a scotch drinker. Um, especially because of that sweetness you do get from that Jamaican rum. This is, man, the weather's getting there too. This is the kind of scotch I want to drink when I'm smoking a cigar at the fire pit. Yeah, or even on a warm day. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm being serious. Like, I agree. Like on, a, on a summer night or something. Yeah, I think this would be a great bottle on a summer mm -hmm. night mm -hmm. because you're not being bogged down by like an over oaked or over smoky mm. or over peaty scotch. It's kind of like really light. It's refreshing, has a little bit of sweetness to it. So, like, after a really nice meal, uh, you can use this almost as your. Almost like an aperitif, if you will. Yeah, no kidding. And maybe this is a perfect scotch for upcoming Easter dinner uh, for your honey glazed hams. Anything else you want to say about this? No, I think Rachel Berry uh, slam dunk once again. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. All right. I, I think I said all I wanted to say about it. It's, it's good, Stacy. Bayside Highland single malt scotch, 10 years. You know, that's, that's one thing about this. So, you know, being a, that it is a space side, it has a more sweetness to it than I normally would expect from a space side. Definitely a sweeter, smokier, probably the peated, smoked peated Absolutely. barley. Um, oh, delicious. I love it. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Now oh, four. four Put on your scotch glasses. <laughs> <laughs>
Tom Brady coming back after 40 days still has it in him um, in his mid 40s at this point, and he's going to go for it again. Uh, you earned your retirement, but if you got bored with your gorgeous supermodel wife and kids at home, hey, I get it. More power <laughs> to you. Uh, apparently, you wanted more to do. <laughs> no, but seriously, like if you're in a prime, and I think if you look at his results this past year, is passing um, just what he did as the oldest man on the playing field in 2021 into 2022. Uh, he, I really say cheers to you, Tom Brady. Um, for if nothing else, I hope you'll still love the game and want to really do some great things. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's great. You're following your dreams. I will say, man, that it's a tough gamble, but when you have nothing to lose, and you really don't, like you could have the worst season of your career this next season, it would feel terrible, but you, did, you already won. You're already considered the GOAT. Literally all, all right. over the magazine stands right now. Greatest of all time. Retired. Not. Nah. <laughs> um, but good for you. I, I mean that. And, uh, that's a shout out. Because uh, I think why it's a shout out to me is, man, I had really lost many reasons to uh, my, my favorite reason to watch football. I'm not a huge football fan, but Tom Brady, you make it exciting for me. Uh, I love rooting for the old guy, if you will, particularly the old guy who's showing up the youngins. So uh, again, cheers. Yeah, football, I mean, college football I still watch on a regular basis uh, as far as NFL goes. Um, I've kind of, like, stopped watching that a few years back. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would say that it's kind of – I think it's kind of great that uh, uh, Tom Brady Tom Brady's coming back. So that that's a great chat out there. Yeah. Um, the Broncos made a pretty big trade um, here recently for a quarterback in Russell Wilson. So <laughs> – uh, I'm not really sure if that was like it, it, I think my gut feeling by looking at what they gave up seems like it might have been a little bit too much for him. But hey, if it helps him, like now everyone's saying that the Broncos are now a Super Bowl contender again, so hey. it's a good thing. That's hey. not really my shout, shout out. I just kind of like jumping onto the tail end of yours. No, there. I I agree. I think it's great. And I you know when I lost it with football was when they stopped showing a respect to America. That's um, exactly when I that's lost. That's literally it too. like. Tom Brady since then has been the and, and what he's done for the sport has been Aaron the only Ro reason. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, dude, he's actually like yeah, you're kind of goofier and you need some poor life choices, but not wrong life choices. Um, and there is a difference. You stayed true to you. Um, just the politics uh, really affronted you with it. Yeah, hey, I, I, you know what? I'm all for him not taking the vaccine and stuff like that and standing up for his rights and stuff like I, that. It's and, bigger than that. It's about the little lies and little pieces. <laughs> like, hey, man, still, like, it's unfortunate the politics got in the way. I agree with that. Any case, uh, my shout-out uh, is actually just going to, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit um, with, um, about people. I think you, like, showed me a meme, something about, like, um, you know, like, uh, in order to be my friend, you didn't, dude. Yeah, I, Sterling I mean, sent that to me. How does it exactly go? It's like, hey, here's the deal. If we're going to be friends, you need to know something. You got to believe in some conspiracy theories, at least two. You can't believe in all of them, but you got to believe in at least a few. Otherwise, we can't be friends. So, yeah, so I'm giving my <laughs> shout out to all the people who have an open mind to at least not, I'm not saying that you have to believe in all the conspiracy theories because we know probably out of you and I, I'm the bigger conspiracy theorist. Yeah. There's a lot I don't believe in, but I still keep an open mind. And also, but I don't believe in everything that I share out there, but I'm just sharing it. So that way people see it. And then that way they can go do research. So 
uh, I'm just giving a big, huge shout out to all those who have an open mind and then do take the time to research and they critically think about things, whether or not they believe it or not. That's two, that's two different things. Um, but I just want to give a shout out to all those people who have an open mind. Yeah. And, and also my second shout out. Normally I don't do this. I don't usually don't talk about my, uh, my day job, Oh, but, um, as you know, like I, I've been putting in a new kind of like a, kind of like a, I don't know, like a, an eight week program where they're doing an analysis and then they're going to choose two people out of six in order to get this, uh, to get a position. And I just want to give a shout out to uh, not that anyone ever from work really listens to our uh, podcast, but if they do, um, in any case, I want to give a shout out to the other five people that are in the same kind of boot camp that I'm in. And uh, we've all been working really well together and, and uh, it's kind of been great because it's almost kind of like we've taken a, like a team type of um, mentality. Approach. Yeah, yeah. Mentality to it. Like, you know, like, uh, like when you talk about sports teams, uh, you have like someone who's a starter and then you got the backups, right? But the, the starters still help out the backups and the backups help out the starters. And it's basically iron sharpens iron. And so it's been really great to work with these people who uh, we've all been sharing um, kind of like what we're doing and stuff and helping each other out just to make sure we're all better for whoever gets the spot. Now, for anyone who's curious about this six to eight week program, what it is is you take a pill every day to see if it gets bigger. <laughs> no. And what we're talking about is a paycheck. That's what's getting bigger. What, what do you mean? No, you don't want a bigger paycheck. You said a pill. Yeah, man. <laughs> You're swallowing a pill. You're swallowing a change in your life. It's not an actual physical pill. It's a uh, pill okay. to see if it can so get I bigger. I took you literally there. Yeah, dude. No, <laughs> it's what's bigger paycheck. <laughs> That's not literal either. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's a bigger paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anti shout outs of get it together now. <laughs> Yeah, get it together. Yeah, All right, so so my get it together, my slash anti shout out. It's a shout out to them, but man, get it together is hey Congress, nice job giving yourself a cost of living adjustment, twenty percent raise. What? Yeah, what? I mean, come on. So so you're telling me you're you're uh, you're screwing over the American people by like bad policies with? You should uh, have to live with your sales results. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, they should lose money, not gain it by getting so, screwing so, up policy. Well, how does this work? So they create policies to where fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. So what? they so they create policies that that basically result in inflation, like hyperinflation almost. Uh yeah, beyond hyperinflation. They, they say they, food hasn't even been accounted for yet. So so this place, like almost every American is losing. Uh, Dude, my spending power. power has diminished drastically. And yet they give themselves a 20, it's actually a 21% raise. You know what, Congress? Get it together. Yeah, get it. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly they did. Like, but what I would really love to see is when Congress does that, that there is a cost of living adjustment for everyone because everyone's seeing the same cost adjustments. However, there are lots of people. Uh, there was somebody out there who made a comment and was like, get over it, you guys. Uh, it was a liberal character who said, get over it, you guys. I'll be happy to pay the extra $2 a, a gallon. Um, of gasoline. Yeah, why not? You got twenty one percent pay raise. Right. But beyond that, wait a minute. Yeah. You're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. What about the person who's living in poverty and doesn't have that two dollars? How about you, if you're so willing to save the environment to pay that extra two dollars, just pick, you know, like one city. One American city with five hundred 
plus people who are living in poverty and pay that adjustment for them. And I promise you, you're going to start to see it. You're going to start to feel it. How dare they say that? Oh, I'll pay the extra $2 to save the environment. You're not paying it already. Yeah. So here's another, just to kind of jump on your coattails there about Congress. How is it like Congress, right? They pass a health bill and the health bill that they pass for all of Americans, they don't even get the same kind of health. They get a better health plan than we no, do. No, it's literally absurd to me. It is the greatest failure in current uh, American government is the way that the Congress and to a great extent, the House of Republicans also gets to treat themselves out beyond our own You mean lifestyle. House of Representatives? Yeah, or? that's the Republicans, man. <laughs> We're public right now. We could go back to House of Democrats pretty soon, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so here's here's my uh, here's one of my uh, get it together. Okay? All right. Let's get this together. All right. So we have uh, Biden on the first day of uh, of being in office that shuts down the. Uh, the uh, pipeline. pipeline. It was the Keystone pipeline. The second day. Well, first second day. <laughs> first we'll, week. We'll call it the first week. <laughs> but then the first week of him being in office, he shuts down the Keystone pipeline and puts up new restrictions that had previously had been opened up by uh, the Trump administration, which allowed for more uh, drilling and easier like areas for them to drill in. To reduce um, the cost of living without necessarily hurting and to make us uh, energy independent. Now. Biden has, after he has restricted that, and he has basically uh, said no more imports from Russia. And then uh, I think it was Venezuela basically told him to go take a, a right up the <laughs> right up the bunghole. And uh, they just told him, basically told him to screw off. So oh, that's I, an enema. I got it. <laughs> this town needs an enema. enema. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just want to say, you know, hey, Biden, get it together. Yeah. Huh. Get together, Barton. So this one I just think is funny, and it's kind of like a shout-out versus an anti-shout-out. Um, and this one goes to Elon Musk and Vladimir Putin. Oh, okay. I got to hear Yep. <laughs> Did you hear about this? No. So Elon Musk literally tweeted and challenged Putin to single combat over Ukraine, the two of them going out to a field, dueling to the death. And uh, Elon Musk will get his ass kicked. I don't know, man. Like maybe, like let's face it. You see a picture of this guy in college. It's like, yeah, this guy's never getting laid. And then all of a sudden, you're like, what? He has six kids or five kids by five different women. Like, wh what? Money. It's called money. <laughs> yeah, I know. His whole look changed. Maybe he's had some other martial arts training or something. Putin's getting old, but anyway, uh, yeah, man, dude. I actually, that's actually like a shout out. Um, but what I would say is Russia's response about you're just terrible. You're the like the way they responded yeah get it together there rush like you've done a lot of great things dude that was not one of them your response your response should have been yes we'll see you there you buy ukraine and that way you actually have a dog in the fight he might actually be able to buy ukraine at this point <laughs> you buy ukraine we'll have a dog in a fight and yes then he'll go to single hunt and hunt combat like throw something just as absurd out don't go calling him all sorts of names that really are meaningless okay i got another get it together here this all is right. going to go out to uh the ma mainstream media mm. they were just caught in another lie and fake doing fake news where they said that they bombed a hospital, which had been closed before this, uh, before Russia ever went into the Ukraine. Uh, so here, once again, since they got caught doing another fake story, trying to push propaganda and push maybe a possible uh, false flag, mainstream media, get it together.
I mean, that one is pretty bad. Uh, but they did bomb a hospital. It's a play on words, right? Just nobody was in it. Nobody. <laughs> what they really bombed was well, actually, going, there a was one-time some, hospital. There were some people in there, but it was the uh, <laughs> the Azov uh, brigade that had, like, guns. And I'm going to call that the, the poor life choice, like, wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, so that's another uh, get it together for me. Yeah, um, and, you know, as you guys hear us with these get-it-togethers, do not think for one second we take the tragedy going on in Ukraine, the, the lives being lost, lighthearted. Um, we do not. It is something that I actually have shed multiple tears over, um, hopefully never on this show, because I don't want you seeing that side of me. I get pretty ugly when I cry. Um, but it is real to me, and I, I do hate the loss of life in that kind of situation so um please don't take offense uh thinking we don't take that seriously yeah i i would agree with that and here war should be avoided at all costs but um you know when you have um people who keep encroaching into your area setting up biological labs in your back door or your backyard basically um, it's kind of hard to not to. You have to. You have to do what it takes to protect your own people. Well, I think that's the key question. Backyard. I think that's a good way to really look at it. As far as get it together, Ukraine. You literally just had to set a border uh, between you and Russia to be considered a NATO nation, and you didn't get it together. Like that was their get it together. Come on. Yeah, that uh, goes. That all, you fail. know, for those of you who who, who honestly believe Ukraine is a independent state uh, back in 2014 the un uh secretary general had mentioned how they never actually um uh, filed those uh paper that paperwork to be uh that follows international law to set uh, borders yeah it's uh something that, i think the guy's name is ben moon the old secretary general that <laughs> Dude, talked about it it doesn't even matter like just get it together yeah just get it together and you know i guess what we're talking about that if uh if you are the united states and um, and you are putting together what they are now calling bio research laboratories, trying to like rename it instead of being called a bio lab, right? Um, bio laboratories. <laughs> why, if it's just a research lab, why do you have so many of them, and why are they in so many other like different countries, and why are you? Uh, trying to not have inspectors come in and view what's going on there. It's only uh, 20 countries. It's not that many away from America, but I have not heard of one of these things in America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So That's I'm just that. saying like, I'm like, okay, like, if, I mean, if it's just a research thing to the kind of look at for prevention and stuff, okay, that's one thing, but why are you, why are you blocking investigators to come in and check out what's going on? So in this case, if even there is a possibility that, some one of these uh, pathogens could be used as a biological weapon, and you're blocking uh, um, inspectors to come in. I'm going to tell. I'm going to say, even though I, I'm from the U.S., U.S. government, get it together. And that, I think that's my last one. Otherwise, we could be doing this all night. Yeah, we need to stop, dude, because <laughs> we could literally do this all night. Restaurant I don't even know what to say. Restaurant uh, review is a freaking 10. No. Well, it's got to be close to 10. It, yeah. If they had not had a mediocre finale.
That was their one loss. Oh yeah, without yeah. without shouting it out just yet. That was their one like yeah, even okay. the, even the cooks like yeah no. Yeah, I, I, I forgot about that. Like everything, I'm like I overlooked the the dessert. But you're right. That's literally why I just reviewed my pictures. I'm like, okay, what was it that was the one negative? And that was the one negative. That was the one negative. Yeah, so I guess it can't be a full ten, but it was pretty close. You know, it's yeah, and that's a struggle. It's not that it wasn't a ten. I'm going to think about that while we give this review. Do you want to start or you want me to start? Uh, here's what I'll say is that um, I got an email from Fogo de Chao uh, to do a Chilean wine pairing dinner at Fogo, uh, at the Fogo de Chao. And uh, it, only, it was like 30 people. I think only 28 showed up, though. And it was a four-course meal where they matched wine up with each course. Uh and it, I guess you could say it's actually five courses because the fifth course would have been the uh, the dessert with uh, coffee. coffee. Yeah. Uh, you know, the charcuterie board? Oh, my gosh. That bacon. Oh, <laughs> it is so good. Dude, I literally have avoided talking to many people about this because of how good it is, and I don't want them to think that I live Man, it was just, it's like that, that much that, better than them, even though I do. That bacon just kind of like <laughs> melted in your mouth and had a nice, like, like it was like crispy and sweet and maple syrup yeah. flavor. Uh, it so was good. probably the most perfect bacon I've had in my entire life. I would agree with that. All 21 years of it. And then the roasted garlic was so great. Only problem my, with the roasted roast, overpowering. The roasted, it overpowered the other stuff. I loved had how they had a smoked gouda with it. Mm. Um, yeah, I wish, and the manchango. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, mushrooms were, it was okay. And I think that was a prosciutto and salami. Was that the other with the two meats? Uh, I think it was a Genoa salami. Yes. Yeah. Uh, those and then the wine pairing with that rosé was so great. And I know you, I think you said well, that's you, you the picked one, up a bottle. Dude, right? That's the one I picked up. Yeah, that was the one where the. You no, know, I should have picked up a bottle of that too. Yeah, man, none of I these wines of, are cheap, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, but it, I mean, it's like, I think that, I think that one was like 35 35 That was the cheapest bottle of wine on the list. I didn't buy it because it was the cheapest. I bought it because it was actually the one that I didn't feel like I could go to a liquor store and replace to have the same experience, the Meritage. And uh, uh, yeah, actually, ultimately, the, the two blends in the middle, the red blends, were amazing. One, which they did classify as a Meritage, which means they have to have certain percentage of certain number of wines. Um, uh, a red blend does not. So to be classified as a Meritage, it literally actually is far more meaningful than most people give it credit. Uh, Ferrari Carano makes some Meritages as well. Um, that's the only other area, like the Ferrari Carano trays or is the only other wine I could I could compare to these blends that I've had where I'm like, man, ah, this is great. And it was good wine. It was good wine. And normally I'm not a big Chilean uh, wine fan, but. The, oh, yeah. South American wines usually so disappointing. Exactly. Not that night. Not that night. They made actually a really, I, I think it was the way they blended their their wines and, the, and the, what grapes that they used. Because uh, usually, like when you think like traditionally about Chilean wines, it's like one or two varietals, and they're not the main varietals that you would get, um, at, like out of Bordeaux. And I'm a huge Bordeaux fan, and these blends actually were close to like Bordeaux type style blends. Yeah, uh, great earthy flavor, um, just enough 
wood or oak. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what we're talking about is with the Fogo de Chao, it was Vic Vineyards or Vic Winery oh, yeah. that was the wines we were tasting that night. And what I would tell you is check it out. Some good wines, some of them available at Total Wine. Not sure where else, but we did find out some of them were available at Total Wine. Here's the one thing. Um, yeah. They have a winery with, I believe it was 19 regular rooms and a few chateaus um, or fancy rooms where you can go and stay and, and have the full experience. Man, I am in. If I can afford this, <laughs> I am in. They have what I would consider probably the most modern, artistically modern, and beautiful, artistically beautiful winery i've ever seen the what we saw they showed us a video and some photos and it is gorgeous what they didn't show us is you know the different mobsters in south america coming in and causing <laughs> any problems who knows uh, but they do believe in a lot of things so one of the things i also thought was great and they spoke to this and it was one of the things i could i, I sensed from my first glass of the, the blend the red was man this oak tastes a little bit different and they do source some of their own fallen oak trees to use as the oak to age their wine in uh and was great all right so do you want to say anything about the first course or we pretty much no man the charcuterie board the only charcuterie board i've ever made better than that one is the ones i've made for myself okay do you want to talk about what the second course was man you go right ahead all right so the second course i don't remember which wine we had but i do know is the butters uh mila kala mila kala yes and it was the was a butternut butternuts uh is that what it is butternut squash okay so yeah it was a butternut squash Squash soup soup. and salad i hate butternut squash i hate butternut squash soup too but we were both like god damn this is the best soup i've ever had this ain't no normal soup and it also went really great with the pairing uh the wine pairing and and then you know it came with the salad too in the second uh second course um so if you do happen to go to Fogo de Chao and they have the butternut uh, squash uh, soup, I highly recommend trying it out. It's yes. super creamy. And I personally, I know they, they gave us what the spices were, but I honestly believe that there is still some cinnamon and uh, some other stuff. In yeah, there. they basically said that they just have regular old produce and it's the greatest, best produce. And all they added was some lime juice. Now, this is actually possible because lime juice does amazing things for my palate. Um, one of the reasons a great gin and tonic is my drink of the summer. Oh, I love gins. Oh, gin and man. Gin man. Oh, oh, man. Heck yeah, especially when I'm working hard and I want to get totally wasted so I forget about how much I hurt after I'm done working hard. That's it. I'm in, in all day, all weekend. But um, with that, we we talked to the cook. We talked to the chef and we're like, hey, help us. Like this has this beautiful pumpkin pie flavor almost for a butternut squash, not too sweet soup. Ah, divine great. It was the biggest surprise of the evening for me as far as everything except for the finale was great. Um, everything literally was great. And so this, this second course was a huge win. And then do you have the list? I don't even know what we had for the third course. Man, they kind of blended it all together, and I've lost it, but it was another one of their blended wines. Um, But this was with their regular cuts of meat that they have. You can get at the brunch um, or lunch menu. Or dinner. 
Um, but the the only flaw there was this is one of the few nights I wanted more. Oh yeah, I definitely <laughs> wanted more, especially the, I, I think it was the sirloin with the with, this, with that salt, the, the fat and the salts yeah. uh, flavoring the outside of the meat. And we got served first. So we got the perfect medium rare on the inside, salted. Um, oh, it's so good. Like burnt fat, basically, flavor on the outside. It was great. And, it was and the wine, once again, wine pairing was great with it. It was. Uh, the wine really, all of them, including the rosé. Actually, really, I think the third wine, that, that, I think that wine was my favorite one. Yes, um, and that was the cheaper of the red wines. It was interesting because I agree with you 100%. I think that's the one they actually did consider a meritage and not a blend um, because it predominantly had three red wines, each of certain percentages. I think, wasn't that one like 60 some dollars or was that 80 Uh That one was 45 that was 45 dude yeah it wasn't that much more than a rosé but the rosé like i feel like i could replace that with a ferrari carano wine i could i've literally not had a rosé as good as the one we had all right and then the last course i do know we had the wagyu um beef along with lamb chop and i'm not sure what the third uh what the third uh meat was on there um it was the filet the center cut filet yeah so the filet was yeah i've got the picture right here (laughs) The filet was like butter. It was like butter, and it also buttered my ass because Noah's size slice that he got was four times what I got. He basically got a center cut, uh, eight to twelve ounce filet mignon, and I'm like, dude, it's definitely compare these pictures on the show. Jesse's no <laughs> is that mine was definitely larger than yours we're talking about the meat on the plate <laughs> and uh but you got like more like lamb lamb meat yeah the lamb was good I will tell you the that was another thing where it wasn't bad no negatives however once you've had something like the lamb lollipops at Elway's where they're not gamey and it's just perfect this lamb was average um but but that being said when I say average any lamb is great. You can't get lamb anywhere. And the I, I'd say the Wagyu I was not that impressed with. No, uh, just I'm the same way. Like I don't go spending extra money on that. I'll take a great uh, fillet over a Wagyu in New York Strip any day, uh, just because even though it's the New York Strip, it's so fatty. Right. Uh, the wine on that pairing was also really good, but I don't think it was worth the two thirteen or two thirty one <laughs> or whatever it was worth. The whatever they were selling it for, yeah, um, it was a great wine. But again, I'll go for our, when it comes to a Meritage or a red blend. I'll go for the Ferrari Carano Trezor. I would go with a nice Bordeaux or a Ferrari Carano Sienna. Yeah, and then from there, the the staff that 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 uh, was there. I think they did like the the one of the cooks that you talked about. He did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, head event person. I think her name is Amy. Uh, I thought she was really nice. She did a good job. Amy Winehouse. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she did, Jesse. <laughs> uh, and then I forget the name of the uh, the the person that worked for the wine distributor. But I think she got a little bit intimidated by us. Yeah, when we started talking about scotches and wines in particular and flavors and aging, uh, she came to our table once and then never, never revisited. Um, really because I think she was just, uh, and this isn't a negative term, but dumbfounded by our own uh, knowledge. And... Uh, uh, and then the last course being the um, ah, so this is the creme brulee, which this was uh, this which is was grainy. This is what uh, limped the entire meal. 
Yeah, so the creme brulee, which I found to be a little bit grainy and not as like smooth and custardy as I would liked, um, and, and then and then they serve coffee with it. Presentation for all of the dishes was perfect. Oh, yeah. um, even the presentation on the creme brulee, man, it looked great and when i make my creme brulee i don't always make mine look as great as that one did however my flavor is where it's all at uh it's not always about the bottle sometimes it's actually about what's inside right guys and with that we love her but she better be beautiful on the inside uh and this on the inside this creme brulee was mediocre at best and what the what the tragedy is there that's how you're finishing this whole night like, yeah, it, wah, was, wah, wah, it was a little bit weak limp there. finish. Um, so I would say like normally Fogo de Chao is a win anyways to take a date and all that stuff. And I'd say it's normally oh. like a nine. If you're not getting laid after that dinner, go find but, a new date. But if you're able to go to like one of these wine pairings there, I definitely would give like a 9.5 or something. I just, the atmosphere, the I, information, the way they do their presentation. I think it's all great. Um, there's just a couple little few minor things that they could tweak. Again, this is my struggle. I want to actually give it a 9.9. .9. The only deterrent of the whole night was the creme brulee. And so, like, don't let me dissuade you from giving it even a 10. No, it's, but, I'm still giving it a 9.5. But, like, a 9.9. .9, like, again, the only deterrent was the creme brulee. Uh, the staff was great. They were fun. All of them friendly. Came over and spoke with us. Um knowledgeable on all their bases what they didn't know they went and sought the information for us and i love that i love a person who's like i don't know but i'll find out and then they actually tell you they actually do the research and they're like hey by the way supposedly it's only lime juice and great produce okay well i don't believe that for a second i taste nutmeg and cinnamon and everything else however i'm not gonna like not discredit it because you might be 100 right it's just i can't believe it yet it, that damn soup was that good right and it then, was and you you I'm sure everyone has to realize that we really like it because we've been talking about the restaurant review for almost 30 minutes now. Yeah, it's okay. It's it's this quick subject, man. It's a quick subject. So with that, um, <laughs> the, the, the experience was great. First date, yes. Second date, yes. Wedding date, yes. Uh, you know, 10-year anniversary, yes. Uh, you just want to go get laid? Absolutely. And uh, I concur with everything he's saying. Yeah, and also you just want a fabulous dinner with a friend? Yes, yes, yes. The price point right around the $110 mark, 120 120 Worth every penny. Literally worth every penny. 9.9. .9. Fogo de Chow, the only letdown, the creme brulee. And part of that's because, man, I, I can make better creme brulee any given day. I would rather have your creme brulee. Yeah, that's a good thing because I make better creme brulee any given day. I can screw up and make better creme brulee. It was pretty rough creme brulee. Um, but the rest of it was great. I love the location, the atmosphere, the environment. Everything was great. The service. Um, and I'm going to get off this hobby horse. Otherwise, I'm going to ride it till I've just spent another 200 pennies. And we're at like, hey, what day is it? Thursday? We started. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Really, for me, the smarter challenge was a simple one. Uh, again, trying to really wind down or wind up, depending on how you want to take it, 
what uh, character is, what it is to have code, to be moral, and looking at Spartans. Uh, and in this case, the movie 300, a graphic novel written by Frank Miller turned into a movie by Frank Miller and so well done by the same director that, guess what? Yes, did Batman versus Superman. So you've got this amazing movie all great movies stem from good writing um, or fabulous writing and then the question comes in with this this situation you've got the main character uh, hit the king and his queen and they go to save they being he goes to save she goes in a different route but both to save their own spartan community or country and what does it mean to be a spartan and or what does it mean to be a Spartan wife? So Spartan man versus Spartan wife. And this comes in kind of interesting because there are different codes, but then there aren't. Um, both of these individuals are willing to die and kill for their communities. And, you know, it's just a fabulous movie that really shows uh, that perseverance, that great training, that sheer will sometimes can outdo magnitudes of might. Okay. It's like John Wick. The guy goes around in a city, surviving one night, killing hundreds of people to get out of a city. That's what the Spartans did. They had this battle, and... I just don't know where you wanted to go. That's why I said okay. Yeah, like, what do you think about what does it mean to be a Spartan? What did this king do for his country, ultimately Greece? And, uh, you know, what did he do? What was his code, in your opinion? Well, I think... If you look at like, uh, if, if, I think when you're looking at the movie itself, the the code they talk about how they go through the was it called the agnog the agog. Um, every it says like every boy goes to the agog, which starting is, at age seven, yeah, starting at age seven, but which is not technically true because some kings are like heirs uh, to who are going to become king. I didn't necessarily have to go through that, but and, but as far as the movie's concerned, they all had to. So they're all born to be. Um, Warriors. Citizen warriors. Yeah. And so they have a warrior's code. Um, they're, they start off from a very young age. Uh, they get to education. They learn uh, military strategies. Uh, and uh, they learn how to basically perfect the phalanx. So the code is very strong about, about family, about uh, protection. Uh, I mean, it, like, if you look at the history, like, we have some history notes from the History Channel here that talks about, like, how they pushed family really hard and they actually kind of like you were kind of the butt of the jokes if you didn't get married and have children. Well, particularly if you were a male. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is uh, ironically almost opposite of modern society in many ways. Yeah, exactly. And it was really to replace those fallen Spartans. And really the, it's all about like their country, their, their, their countrymen. And, um, and basically they're like the biggest, baddest people around and uh, no one really screwed with them. And so I think you hold that true to they were free people and even their women, they, they, uh, they much are different than most of the other Greek counterparts. Uh, they got education and they also competed in all that stuff too, in order to attract a male suit. It was kind of like the gypsies. If you think about from Russia with love, <laughs> these females wrestling around and right. fighting to attract the best males. 
And so I think when you look at how they were like citizen warriors and stuff like that, they had a code to live by and uh, die by and die by that. Yeah. They're not going to sit there and be subservient to a tyrannical leader. Yeah. I 100% agree with everything you just said. It's super interesting. So what Noah was talking about is in the movie and somewhat in reality too, a lot of them were sent out, um, sent away, if you will, kind of like the hitman, right? In, in a sense that know, except the hitman sense. doesn't have parents, um, but sent away to learn to fight, but not just fight, but also to think, but to think and not just think here's where it gets tricky. Here's where it gets really like, just use your melon is uh they were also taught to steal yep to cheat to live off the land to be able to be great and nothing at the same time uh to be able to survive alone but also respect a team and that's really hard man when you have nothing and you're surviving all on your own you're fighting everyone to survive but then at the end of the day you come back and you have to realize okay so this is in this case sparta and i will die for it that's a really empowering situation uh, obviously some psychological genius behind it but with that it's just really great it's uh, ties along with so many things particularly the cheating and the stealing but also the family so you think about kaiser sose the usual suspects um like what he did to save quote unquote his family really saved the reputation to change history for that family was the key there or charlie barrett or any of these people um, from suicide kings it's amazing to me uh spartans a spartan man lived by a code and died by a code and was willing to do that to so save women, his country though. so did their women now their women weren't usually sent out to battle now this is interesting because in modern society we're all about equals well which one's actually greater because the women actually got to stay home they weren't just raising kids to go be future fighters they were doing all of the work that it meant to make food make shelter they were doing everything that men and women doing on the home front here yeah but their home front was slightly a bit different it wasn't like they're really doing the cooking or anything like that because that was done by the slaves right and that's another thing they don't even talk about is that they had slaves it's it's also super interesting there um but with that the women the spartan women they, were doing basically most of what men do today yeah i mean they were they were allowed to own property they were allowed to basically own businesses and stuff like that so really they kind of ran to like day-to-day -day like economical type things where the males were kind of like more just about the military side of things and then the people who did like the day-to-day -day like operations as far as like cleaning cooking and all that kind of stuff that was what the slaves did yeah and literally the interesting part to me why this really comes in is where there was this you know great society and i mean this like a great society and truth be told as noah mentioned you, you can find notes on this uh the history channel has some great ones that you shared um some other notes and ultimately one of the tragic truths about this battle is that they did in fact lose largely or lose a lot of lives largely because they had one traitor that's all it took uh yeah so if you guys aren't if you've never seen the the movie 300 it is talking about the ancient battle of thermopylae thermopylae and um it's a, basically it's still studied today by like military schools and stuff like that rightfully because, so <laughs> uh, yeah so it basically is like seven thousand greeks versus a, over a hundred thousand seventy thousand no seven thousand oh greeks gotcha yeah 
versus about a little over a hundred thousand uh, Persians. Persians. You're right. And uh, by the time everything was all said and done, I think they said it was like roughly a thousand Greeks died because uh, because of whence Leonidas found out that they were betrayed by the one person. He a sent them all. He sent most of them away. And then they killed approximately 20,000 Persians. Yeah. Oh, hashtag winning John Wick style. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, winning John Wick style. And, I, and here's a real question here. Yet one has to really think about or ponder. What if they didn't have that traitor? How, like, do you think they, they would have demoralized the Persians so much to where they went? Like, they would have just. The fact that up. the history has shown that that traitor was the one that swayed that battle, yeah, I think they it would have been. I think ultimately they still lose, but it wouldn't have been twenty thousand Persians. I think it would have been forty thousand Persians. The Persians ultimately lose the battle either way. Um, but man, well, I think after that, like after that battle, like yeah, they obviously the it became known as the uh, Spartan three hundred, but there were like other other uh, Greeks, tribes or yeah. Greeks there. Um, but I, but what I think what it really did is it inspired the Greeks throughout you know, all the Greeks to come together, and eventually they did overcome a force that was way larger than them altogether. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, why this ties into our current situation, why I really brought this into the fold is just thinking about, and there's no answers here. We're not saying one thing right or wrong. Is the fail, the true fail of Sparta in 300 was politics. Once the politicians, the greedy politicians, the corrupt politicians, the politicians giving themselves raises and everything else, not due to the own average Spartan, um, they literally, in, especially in the movie, more so than what we know in history at this point, is that they are the ones that swayed the battle and caused the king Leonidas to lose his life, along with many other Spartans. Um, they're the ones that were the shortcoming. Now, in real history, there was also a very important uh, holiday going on. But Well, they talked about the holiday in the movie as well, but they kind of mixed two things together, or actually probably like three things together. Uh, but just to kind of put it simply, though, is that uh, they had the uh, these priests that were with the Oracle, but they were corrupt both in real life and in the movie. Mm -hmm. And you see it uh, in the movie where that one politician pays, pays them, uh, pays these priests off to basically kind of persuade or lie to Leonidas to where he could not take the full might of the, of the of Sparta with him to go fight this battle. With that, you have politicians that were supposed to live like the people, but right. were taking bribes of, what would ultimately be millions in today's society in gold, uh, taking huge bribes from Xerxes, so the Persian leader in the movie, to change the literally like I can't think of anything better than just finding out, as you pointed out, Congress gave themselves a twenty one percent raise. Hashtag winning. Give me some more <laughs> dollars. You guys are all dealing with our decisions that have increased inflation. Oh, what? Now you got a problem? Yeah, so I, I think you make a very good point here. Winning. <laughs> you make a good point with, uh, with talking about that politician in that movie who uh, once uh, Queen, uh, what's her name? Queen Gagna? Queen Hottie. Queen Hottie. Let's face it. This role landed her the Game of Thrones role. Queen Gorgo. <laughs> I think it's Gorgo. It's G-R-O-G-O. But anyway, she uh, she ends up like stabbing him in the, in the middle of the Senate uh, chambers. And when she stabbed him, oh. his purse fell open with a bunch of uh, Persian gold. Persian gold. 
And then they're all like traitors. And up to that point, he was basically persuading them to stay out of the battle. He was the main leader. Why? Because he had money and influenced them because he was corrupt. And that's tragic. It's truly tragic. But she throws out a good quote there. Yeah. (laughs) This will not go quick. (laughs) Wow. That's because of what he did to her earlier. She was trying to persuade him to help. I mean, help what would you do for your country? That we're not going to go into. So I, I do think that does show um, a little bit of, um, you know, you see corruption within the priesthood in both real life and in this movie. You see corruption within the politicians in both real life and this movie uh, when it comes to the Greeks or the Spartans, if you will. And it's somewhat, and it's even true today. And I and here here's the thing is that how do these people get into those situations? It's kind of a reflection of the people. It largely is, and it's a tragic, and the Spartans ultimately, both in the movie and in real life, perish. Uh, they diminish. Uh, some of that's not necessarily bad, but some of it is terrible uh, because when you do live by a strict code, you are going to die by a strict code. Um, and they did not have all the backing or the resources of the true people. They had more corrupt people coming against them than not. And that's tragic. But uh, Me too, Brutai. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, one of the things you mentioned, you got some favorite quotes? Oh, uh, yeah. One of my favorite quotes, obviously, I think everyone remembers from the, this from the movies, uh, when the uh, emissary who comes uh, to talk to Leonidas uh, Leonidas basically tells him, like, hey, be careful with what words you say, uh, because whatever you say here, uh, you're held uh, just as reliable as uh, if a king were to say it. And uh, basically, Leonidas didn't like what he said. And he goes, this is Sparta, and basically uh, kicks him into the big hole. Right. And I think the key point there, though, is you have to understand there was a height the level of respect between Spartans and their wives. And this is the king looking back after he's like, be careful what you say, Persian, because this is Sparta. And this is after he's already been forewarned by the Persian. Stupid dude. This is kingly and nice. You're done for. Don't screw up. And he threatens him anyway. And all King Leonidas does is look back at his wife and she nods. She's yeah. like, yeah. And once again, they had just as they were just as much respected as the men were. Yeah, well, they worked just as hard. They lived yep. and breathed and died Sparta, just like every soldier, every wife. And then the other one here, which I think holds true very much uh, today as well, uh, was from the Queen, and she said that freedom isn't free; is paid with blood. That's true. And I think uh, even our uh, founding fathers, I'm not, I think it was Jefferson, but it could have been I think, one of the... I think it was Franklin. That's, uh, it might have been Franklin. And we're talking about like the Tree of Liberty. Has yes. To be with the blood of tyrants and, yes. and patriots. Yes. And it's true. And if you're looking at it, I mean, it is our job as citizens or uh, of the of the U.S. and the Constitution that if our, uh, that if our, if our government does become tyrannical that the patriots have we have a duty to uphold our constitution and remove those who are tyrants and it's true i mean the french obviously they've done it plenty of times yeah and it's unfortunate nobody wants to see war no one wants to get killed or anything like that except for those that'll benefit from it true i only have one quote okay queen gorio 
played by Lena Hetty. And you already mentioned, like I mentioned, uh, but you mentioned her uh, with one of your quotes, freedom is not free. It's paid for by the blood. Um, with me, like, and I really want to emphasize her role here. She acted this brilliantly. Yeah, she did. And if they didn't select her from for the Game of Thrones role based on this action, like, that's too bad because that's all it would have taken me. But uh, when she is saying goodbye to her King Leonidas going off to war, and she says this quote that will forever stick with me, and it's not as artistic or easygoing even as freedom's not free. It is come back with your shield or come back on it. That That's a Spartan code there. Right. But I think more so if you really break down what that means, uh, this was her saying beyond everything else, I believe in you. I trust in you. This isn't just your dream. This is your choice because it is. And the bottom line is I support you. I think like, it, I, I may never see you again. I still support your choice. I agree with you that she was supporting them, but I think it was both of their duties. That was like, that was a spark. Oh, for sure. That is one thing that's underlying. But the quote itself is, you could use that quote today and it is meaningful. It is come back with your shield or come back on it. Yeah. Li live or dead. Like... Live it's or dead, okay. you protected the either you pack, you protected the country or you die protecting the country and protecting us, protecting me. And in real history, it took them weeks to get back to the battlefield and save or collect his body, but they did eventually collect his body. Um, and it's that same sort of thing, which is ultimately, therefore, he fulfilled her request. Which, goddamn, nobody wants to die for their wife or their country. Nobody wants to do that. But guess what? There are some, uh, man, I hate to use like U.S. military slogans, but the few, the proud, the brave. Uh, there's nothing wrong with using that. Um, I know, but it's just sad that sometimes that means, man, these people, uh, the people who do not respect the U.S. military or any military, that's tough. Uh, but the U.S. military in particular, these soldiers who give their lives to our, protecting our freedoms, which we absolutely, even myself, who self-reflect every day, we take this for granted, man, shame on us. All right, so for those of you, uh, um, real quickly, though, I think historically, one should probably look at the Battle of Thermopylae. Uh, it did happen in, uh, what, 480 B.C.? Uh, it's between 480 and 430. They don't know an exact date, but yes, 480 and 430, before Christ. So the numbers go backwards. It's not that we're saying 430 to 480. It's 480 to 430 because we're getting closer to our present time. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there, I think you, one probably oh so here's actually what it was it says um the greek army killed twenty thousand persians and they lost a total of four thousand men that's one estimate another estimate is two thousand to twenty thousand but either way uh eight to one or ten to one they were kicking butt yeah uh it but ultimately like like you mentioned it did uh, lead to the persians eventually losing and leaving Oh, dude, the Persian Xerxes was actually a brilliant leader, both in the movie and in real life. One of the things he did to make sh make people feel like his uh, troops were immortal was every day he advanced, he replaced the exact number of soldiers that had died 
or close approximate number of soldiers that had died to with live soldiers. So there were always 10,000 soldiers approaching pretty smart. Now he wasn't going around using elephants or rhinoceroses as any historian can tell, uh, but man, great for the movie, beautiful for the movie, but he absolutely was someone who was learning, who was super intellectual, uh, but his people, man, is a leader who won't put yourself at risk. Unlike, Leonidas, your people don't have the same faith, therefore do not have the same drive to win. Yeah, so I was going to say this kind of pull uh, kind of brings, um, I think it was, a, was it Eisenhower or who, there was a general, the U, a U.S. general during World War II who talked about the difference between the U.S. Army versus, I think, the uh, Nazis or it might have been somebody else or maybe he's but basically, so that we'll win this war because they're all volunteers. Um, forget how that quote is. I have to look it up, maybe. Well, ultimately, I hear what you're saying. They believed in America. They were willing to. No different than Spartans. Right. Where the other ones were, they were forced to be in the military. Particularly the 300. So, again, with the story of the 300, they were literally, they made sure that they did literally have volunteers for the initial Not onslaught. only volunteers, but also had heirs. Yes. That's actually another piece of history. Like there's so much of what Frank Miller did. Obviously he did some research. Good for you, Frank Miller. I love that. I love facts uh, because that's real. Uh, he did some research and created this story that isn't a story. Yeah. I mean, he embellished some, some parts. I mean, but yeah. Leon, oh yeah. Yeah. Leonidas probably wasn't that sexy. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Overall, what do you think about this? I love the cinematography in this. Cinematography was literally phenomenal. I think it probably, people don't give it a whole lot of credit for what it did with blue screen, much like the Matrix of the today. You know, if for its time, it was amazing. Uh, definitely a, a rated R movie, not something that's a PG-13, just because of the gore, but done brilliantly. Yeah, did Spartans go around wearing loincloths and red capes looking like Superman? <laughs> no, but uh, the cinematography was still done well. And one of the pieces about the cinematography that I'll, that I'll never forget, if you watch the movie, consider this, watch and pay attention to the capes at the beginning of the movie when they go on their journey, the capes all start full length dragging on the ground. By the end of the movie, most of the capes are a foot shorter because they've been worn and torn and dragged right. so much. And I, that's just brilliant. That's brilliant cinematography. And you know, I was listening to, uh, or I read the interview with, um, Zack Zach Snyder, who did the directing. Who also did an amazing job with Batman versus Superman. This guy's done great yeah, and, things. And the Snyder cut. and uh, He didn't do Sin City, but he had some other good ones. Uh, but in any case, he talked about um, the reason why he wanted to use blue screen is because he thought that was the only way to bring the graphic novel, the graphic novel alive. Uh, basically, because of how the graphic novel was drawn out and everything like that, to bring in those screenshots and to real life, he said the only way we could really do that is by using a, a blue screen. I don't doubt it. And the same effect is done in, you mentioned, three uh, Sin City, another one of Frank Miller's wonderful pieces of work. Um, man, I love that movie. Both of them. Yeah. They're, they're all great movies. Um, 
Anything else you want to add on about uh, this topic? No, that was really the bottom line is you have to like, for me trying to continue to open our audience's mind, where do you fall? Do you want to be a Spartan? Do you not want to be a Spartan? Do you want to be a Spartan woman? Do you not want to be a Spartan woman? Uh, do you not want these roles? Now, I can't say I want any slaves, but at the end of the day, we all are paying someone to make us food, to serve us, to do these things. So slavery has really changed since 300 or spartan times the slaves weren't treated as what we view slaves in america yeah i think ultimately i think we're going back to your initial arc to now it's how much do you want to live by a code and how strictly will you live by the code that you make and are you willing to um to violate your own code to be bought off and be a traitor give to yourself a 21 percent raise oh yeah <laughs> obviously he uh, is not happy with congress i literally am appalled <laughs> and here's what's tragic about everything else is that as americans we have been conditioned to worry about <coughs> the two dollar gas price increase <coughs> than the 20 to forty thousand dollar raise congress just gave themselves <laughs> and don't forget like many two dollars when they pass that, 20, they also gave out a bunch of foreign aid too. Forty thousand. <laughs> yeah, to Russia. So um, there's another in interesting fact. It took it took like a uh, multiple days for them to pass the six or nine nine hundred dollars stimulus bill for Americans, and it took them like less than forty eight hours for them to pass some steady yeah. raise. Hey man, we. What about me? Psh, psh, yeah, got you. <laughs> mm. What about me? What about? Me? <laughs> so, in any case. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna start taking those pills to make it bigger. The paycheck. I would say that uh, <laughs> it's. I, I think one does have to ask themselves what their code is, or whether they're willing to live by the code, die by the code, or are they, uh, or do they not have that moral fortitude to hold up to the code and become traitor not only to themselves but their countrymen. Now, when he says moral fortitude, he's talking about testicular fortitude, not that a woman can't have balls. <laughs> <laughs> too soon not at all <laughs> all right oh that's another thing no we won't go there <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right that was really we covered i wasn't trying to get some like super heavy deep historical piece noah did a lot of research for us and went a little bit deeper uh, as what he thought was appropriate and i don't disagree but really what i want you guys to really think about what do you stand for what do you want what are you willing to, if you're willing to, you know, go lie, cheat, and steal and be a member of Congress, go for it. Give yourself a 20% raise. You can do that. Just go rob you a do bank. You have to die, you fucking bastard. <laughs> uh, you uh, traitorous bastard. Uh, Just die. Um, yeah. So I think we all want that from the Spartan that betrayed them. Actually, I don't disagree. So, yeah, he's not wrong. So with that, um, just really like consider from our get-go, our start of this podcast, really trying to uh, learn ourselves, share, help you guys grow as well. What do you stand for? Think about it. Deliver it. And we're not saying don't go for a better promotion or a better job or a raise or 
anything else but what i would love to see in america is real corporations really living by real words when they say we pay for performance because i can remember years where i worked 15 hour days 300 days out of that year and i wasn't paid for that performance it's a shame that corporate america and america in general they will promote people who are willing to backstab their their coworkers or their or their page or their you know or compatriots um and i think i think that's the wrong kind of values that should be promoted yeah you know you do it with morals do it with uh dignity uh don't back don't backstab someone to try to get a, a position or just how about this if you go into your workplace and that is you i actually don't have a problem with that here's where the problem comes in the persians outright said we're going to come and take over your land they weren't lying just go into work and look at all your peers and say hey by the way i don't care if i have to step on every single one of you i want to get promoted okay. i want to take over your country i agree with you now have a code and live by it don't lie cheat and steal that's all i'm asking i actually think if you go in there and you're like hey by the way i look at you and i see weakness i look at you and i see a little turd i look at you and i don't even know what the hell you are you're like a frog with a word okay oh that's a toad uh that's what i think of you i'm going to take over all your land you can resist if you want i'm still gonna try peace if you got a problem deal with it that's what i'm saying live by a code but live by it don't so lie I, I by agree it with you. like okay i agree with you there like i did say try to go to the moral high ground but if you are going to be that type of person yeah be honest about it dude that's like i hate it i hate it but putin is living by a code i don't like anything he's I doing. actually i actually think what he's doing might be the right thing right but you're going on the conspiracy theory bandwagon and i don't know that that's wrong but i also don't know whether it's right but what i will say is he did not lie he did not say i'm not going to do this he was literally like hey by the way i just moved 30 percent on my military Dude, force talking about like you guys have like a bunch of bio labs in my backyard yeah. you guys you guys have been like he promoting. did not why you guys have been promoting a bunch of nazis over there in ukraine yeah, some of that's a little stretched i don't know about all of that that's true that is documented it's documented but i'm just saying everything okay, can be how about fake. this there's literally almost no real news the un the un Has, had, a, had an anti-nazi resolution what two countries voted against the anti-nazi uh, resolution germany and ukraine nope Ukraine, United States. <laughs> yeah, um, I almost said us, but I don't know about that. If at the same time, man, if they're not lying, like I don't know that I really and have a problem with CIA, that. The CIA is the one who set up, helped set up the Azov Nazi battalion. All right, so we're gonna get off that subject because that is a whole new can of worms. But really, here's my point: is have a code and live by it. Please, right, like if you come into me, if you're a new person coming to me at my work and you're like, I'm gonna, I want your job. I'm like, okay. Now, I might ask you, how do you plan on taking my job or getting my job? And if you're honest with me and you say, I don't care if I have to stab you in the back or anything else, I'm gonna respect you far more and actually be like, hey man, like now I appreciate you might be an ad a adversary that's worthy versus oh man i'm just gonna learn everything from you and i'm gonna be your friend gonna, and then yeah, backstab you later be on your friend yeah don't do that that's not cool that's not a code those aren't morals that it might be a code that's Dude, 
Here's where it gets tricky. You can't live by a code and not stand by your code. And if you have a code, you if can't if cross. If your code has That's psychopath and sociopath behaviors, it is not code behavior. If you're willing to do that, you have to be willing to have that done to you. I mean, and I don't think those people consider that. I actually think there's a piece in those people's heads that's broken where they literally well, don't want to. There's something out there that there's a study that's been done, like CEOs and um, sociopaths. Yeah, they're basically like uh, social. Yeah, um, and it's funny because I got a uh, a plus on a speech I gave in a speech class I took not that long ago and my speech my speech was you had to sell something and I was like okay here I am I'm giving administrative assistance to CEOs and I'm selling sociopaths <laughs> all right and uh, I, dude it was it was a win I'm just telling you you can't deny the facts so I, I don't mean to be cutting you off you're good this is a long show but it's not Kennedy long <laughs> right now we're at Kennedy long <laughs> Two hours? That's nothing. One twenty-one's nothing. Uh, anything? Anything? Very, 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 very last, like one or two bullet points on your. No, we're done with uh, okay. Spartans. Just live by code, please. All right. So next week's uh, smarter challenge is we're gonna watch uh, a documentary. It's called uh, "America: Freedom to Fascism," done by. Uh, where's my paper here, Aaron? I love fascism. So we're good. Fascism. A A R O N Russo R U S S O. A A Ron. A A Ron. You done? Oh. So A A Ron or Aaron Russo, he's uh, best known as producing and directing Trading Spaces with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. And uh, it, this is once again, it's a documentary that was done in 2006. He went on a uh, mission to find out whether or not uh, there was a law put in place to where people had to pay taxes on their income. And, uh, so we'll go ahead and we'll watch that. We'll talk about it and see how much of uh, what he predicted in that documentary has come true today or what's kind of off. And uh, Wesley Snipes would say, yes, you have to pay your taxes at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he lost Well, there, there's, there's more cost. to it than just about the taxes part, though. Right. Uh, and then uh, what's next week's uh, scotch? You got three of them behind you. Which one were you wanting to do? You had a couple great ones. I thought we were going to do the red one. All right. Next week, Glenn Dronak, original 12-year-age scotch. All I, right. I love this red. It's a nice red. It's a great red. Highland single malt scotch whiskey. Oh, we're going to find out. Until next week. All right, so any last words to the people? Uh, please drink responsibly. That's it. Uh, thank you for watching the show. Hopefully, we enlighten you just a little bit. But really, yeah, it's, uh, at this point right now, it's like, please drink responsibly. Have fun. Love life life is great if you have some feedback please give it what do you like what do you don't like that's poor english but anyway uh with that man if you want to be on the show reach out to us if you're like yeah i want to try this scotch let us know we can try to get you on the show we'll go do another restaurant review you can meet us there and we'll have some fun uh uh yeah and I could go on for hours, but yeah, please. Uh, thank you for watching. Continue to let us know how we can 
benefit. So as Jesse mentioned, uh, please uh, leave some comments down below, like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, if you do want to become a patron member, you can do it as low as $1 a month. It's, uh, it's the, in the description down below. It's the very first one there. It is the Podbean patron. It has a hyperlink. You just click on it, and it'll take you right there if you want to donate any money to our show. It does go back into our show for us to get better equipment or rent a movie theater, hopefully, which we would like to do someday if uh, Top Gun 2 Maverick ever comes out. And, supposedly this summer <laughs> supposedly uh and then um for those of you who do wa uh who do watch us on uh youtube and rumble thank you very much for the new couple of subscribers on youtube thank you for subscribing uh for the couple of uh, subscribers on uh rumble thank you as well on Podbean, Spotify, and all the other audio places that you guys happen to find us on those. Uh, thank you for uh, subscribing to us and listening to us. I know we this past, uh, I think, in the month of uh, March, uh, we've had, I think, a couple from, I think, uh, Den uh, Denmark or something like that. Um, some some weird places, like some places outside. The, outside One of those the countries where ninety percent of the cars sold last year were electric powered, <laughs> and we're like, cool, like oh, I get your electricity. And apparently, we do have like one loyal listener out there in Illinois. I'm, I'm assuming it's one listener in Illinois because thank you, you. you've been listening. You've had like two or three downloads every month, so thank you very much. We greatly appreciate you. Keep that up. If you do have any uh, ideas or requests or anything like that. Want to come visit us in Colorado and share a scotch. Yeah, you could do that as well. Just give us a shout out there and just leave a message. I believe if you leave a comment, we'll be able to see that as well. Um, thank you once again, everybody. Enjoy life. Life is great. Uh, it is precious. And, um, you know, pick a code and follow it. And, yeah. um, you know, stick to your code. And with that, I wish you guys all a great night. Same Scotch time, same Scotch channel. Cheers! Cheers! We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a Patreon member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.